Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 141. I'm Graham, I'm here with Luke and Cody, and nobody else. It's a little slightly uh, smaller podcast group today. I don't know what the hell Richie was doing. Uh, and we don't have a guest, and we've got plenty of shit to talk about. Luke's been talking my ear off about some stuff he's got going on, um, sort of in the background. I don't think we mentioned it a little last episode, but I haven't talked at all about the shenanigans that went down at Badlands <laughs> with my shit and and just the general typical chaos before a long trip that I always have. So um I think we got we got some pretty good uh topics to cover here. I know I got a lot to talk about, so Well, let's crack in. We'll start with the old stuff first. How was Badlands? Badlands was fun. <laughs> um, Lot smaller crowd than we normally have, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a smaller crowd. It was, you know, it's it's rough seeing that trip become what it's become just because I know in the past, and as you two both know as well, the trip used to be like our big thing. And I think part of the reason it's lost some of that is just we, we go on other bigger trips now. Like, yeah. it's It's less of a adventure but it's still a fun trip like i think that's one thing that everybody kind of is can, can i rant for a second here sure sure you please can. okay just cool. interrupt mine and with yours it's fine yeah yeah, it's yeah no it it, it 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 fits the vibe though <laughs> what right, pisses right. me off the most about that trip becoming smaller is everyone seems to have this fucking idea that you need to go out on these large trips we go out on the large trips because they're fun, and like we have a bunch of friends that we've made along the way that invite us out on there. But it is still super important to go to the fun local stuff because you can have an absolute blast there. Like, and it's cheaper. A yes, it is. Yeah, it is so much cheaper. Like, yeah, you know what? It's what 150 bucks for the weekend, not counting broken parts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, you go out there, you have a blast of a weekend, you get to go back to camp, it's one of the few properties with limited night riding in New England, everyone needs to go out there and have a blast doing that kind of stuff, because, like, that's the whole point of being in a club in New England, is to be able to wheel. So, like, let's go have some fun, guys. You know what I mean? That, that, I feel I, like that gets lost. I will say, though, the trails have gotten a lot more difficult. Like, genuinely. So, like, I think some of the smaller people, which we don't have many of, uh, might be kind of taken back now because of it. We're like, when we ran Copperhead and Fu Manchu backwards that day, we did not that was struggle. was a good fucking time. <laughs> it was a great time, and maybe it's because of driver's skill. I'm not calling out RJ. I think he's a fantastic dude. He's still new into wheeling. But, like... And he did fucking awesome. He all did. All things considered. We tossed him into that trail, and he listened to instructions very well. Uh, what did you toss him into? Copperhead? Yeah. yeah oh, hell yeah, like Copperhead plus some difficulty because of, uh, you know, 42s and a lot of traffic <laughs> that's been on it over the past two years, three years since you've been there. Yeah, so, I mean... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just th- saying that uh, it does suck because it is getting more difficult. It definitely revamped my love for that property. Um, I think it's definitely something that I would love to go back to now. I'm definitely excited for Field and Forest. I forget when that is. It's like a month and a half from now. October. But, uh, okay, sweet. So I have a little bit of time. Um, 
but yeah so it's nice to see that because it is getting worse and worse and i think this like nobody really talked about it to be 100 percent honest with you like well, in... every property cody we've talked and about not this. really though let's be honest you were preaching like i don't like the... badlands badlands much... is every same old shit every year no Has it ain't five hill climbs gotten any harder no because it's a rock graham <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about that that curve on copperhead i walk oh, i don't yeah. know if i walked that but that used to not be such a technical climb uh yeah. my Tyrod is not happy with the rock that was in front of it because I was just slamming into it repeatedly. Uh, I didn't know what I was look I was slamming into, so I didn't think anything of it. But uh, yeah. And just to clarify, are you talking about at the top of the hill, or are you talking about just a little bit past the hill? The top of the like the first incline when it curves to the right, and you have to go yeah. around that rock, and there's boulders right in the middle. Well, that's always been a bit of a bitch of a line too it's worse Even... than it used to be though like i sat there for a minute and not to like toot my own horn but i can generally like feel out a line if i'm in front and you know i kind of yeah. know the gist of the obstacle and i knew like sort of the the gist of it but first i couldn't get over to the right where i wanted to be because i knew you had to ride that ledge mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time you ride that ledge but you're also in a coin toss whether or not it's going to slide you right down into that rock and jam you up and you have to reset out of it again or if you'll just get the magic momentum or yeah traction when i ran to get that, through it when i ran that i got the goldilocks line the first shot and everyone else had to get spotted up that that year that i was there so i can only imagine that uh you know a couple hundred runs with 42s is going to make that worse yeah, I've got a video of Sean going up with the green buggy in it, and it sort of displays what the issue was perfectly. Uh, and he actually pushed that rock around, and I don't know how the hell he made it over. He didn't do anything different. <laughs> it just grabbed it better that one time. <laughs> I think my favorite thing was I... Okay, so you know how there's that big rock right at the entrance for the back? Like, if you were to go backwards on the Copperhead, Luke? Yeah. So I was trying to get... Uh, what's his uh, rj through there but mind you graham is in front of him graham is already on the hill absolutely just letting this motherfucker eat dude just straight rev limiter what <laughs> like i mean for two three four solid it was bad minutes, I was... <laughs> I, it was fucking impressive but it was so loud and so constant that i couldn't even tell <laughs> rj what to do i literally well, was just right. stuck there i was just like it just wait a minute we're just gonna wait and then it's just my mother <laughs> Oh, uh, it was yeah. Which, I was, which, I, I, got, I was Sorry, getting guys. pissed. I'll just give you the play by play play as far as what was going on. So I knew like it was just gonna be a wheel speed to get up that hill. I destroyed that hill for everyone else. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but essentially, I was trying to baby that motor because we all know it's about to blow up. Um, about to. <laughs> about to. About to. She's um, blowing up, brother. She's blowing up. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just a sensor. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I was trying to ease it, you know, try to take it easy, and it just got to a point where I was like, nah, we're going to see how it does on limiter. <laughs> Sustained limiter. <laughs> and it, it didn't seem to care. Uh, it definitely didn't sound any better when we left, but uh, it still ran for the most part. Uh. But yes, yeah. it was it was bad, and my Jeep's already super fucking slow as it is. Like it doesn't, you really like, 
I was not a rev limiter person until I put that doubler in, <laughs> and it's the only way I can have any wheel speed. So, but yeah. So either way, it was absolutely hysterical. We finally got he got to a point where either the motor was either overheating or he just felt defeated, so he stopped. So I'm like, all right, RJ, let's get you. No, I got here. up the first part, and I was like, I'll just wait here. Okay, so that's what ended up happening. Well, mind you, uh, we are getting RJ through this. He keeps diffing out over and over and over again, which I don't know. I feel like I never diff out that often. I don't know if that's just driver yeah, like, choice just, or whatever. Yeah, maybe. You get an eye for it, right? Yeah, he doesn't, in a, in a, he doesn't know where the diff is yet. You figure it out. In a field, too, like there's a few spots where like I literally was like timing out when his front, like, like one, two, three hit, like meaning yep. like. We were driving along, and I was literally able to tell him when he was going to feel the tire bump onto the rock, and like I could tell that he was just perplexed. Like, how the fuck does this guy know this? Like, what is it? Yeah. Like, is he a crackhead? Like, how? <laughs> and it's just like I don't know. As you it's said, subtle shit. You just pick yeah. up on that stuff. You get so, a feel for it. <laughs> so this is a little cheater tip, but tell him to go about on a thirty. It's what in between the uh, two edges of the hood lines, like where you've got the crease down the center of the hood. If you go about eight inches off of that, that's where the front diff is on a thirty. So uh, he can start you're, to. You're thinking too hard. It's the autism speaking. Nobody else uses, does that. If I, I mean, didn't I think do about just... the placement on my hood of my diff, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> oh, I just know like that. If I look down the hood line, and it's like the, um, I have to go like three inches over, and that's where my diff is. So I just instinctively now looking down the hood line know where my diff is off of that. I've just gotten used to it, honestly. I don't know. It takes time, and, like, he, again, does not have much seat time in that rig. But it was really fun because it's a challenging property. He literally went from Ma Bell twice, then to Badlands. That's a pretty, like, I don't know, especially because we went greens, Armageddon, out the green, which there's a few spots that I don't remember having certain rocks in certain areas, and he almost tipped, but I didn't want to tell him that. I was just like, yeah, keep going. Faster, faster, faster. Yep, yep, you're doing good. <laughs> like, <laughs> do his rear tires four feet off the ground, and I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. Um, <laughs> going down Armageddon or going out? No, Armageddon's a cakewalk. Armageddon is literally the most fucking simple ride down now. There's no, like... I don't know if it's just gotten moved out of the way from, like, all the rocks, but there's, like, a... You know at the bottom how you kind of only had one line choice exiting, and it was always right next to that tree? Now it's like a funnel. It's it's not even that. There's, like, a boulder garden. Like, you could really just drive straight oh. down it now. It's pretty... Everyone's just dropped all the rocks off the top. Yeah, to the... no, yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a trail. It's kind of sad. It used to be kind of technical to go down that little... Yeah, side. I remember that was, like... There was a couple of spots, because that was, what was that? That was, um, I'd had the buggy, or not the buggy, the uh, fucking shitbox XJ together for, what, about a year at that point? And I remember my ass puckered a few times going down there, and when I'm talking about the buggy, I'm talking about the fucking stupid ZJ, because I never mm -hmm. brought the ZJ yeah. there, right? Well, the other thing, too, is you've been out, in Tennessee so long and the wheeling out there is literally like that trail so you wouldn't get any butt pucker anymore because you're just so used to that and I am too to an extent because of all the trips we've done to AOP and uh, Harlan and whatnot. not that downhill is nothing to me anymore regardless but as far as like New England trails that go downhill or uphill like it's a pretty significant incline decline whatever you want to call it it would be fun to come up. Oh yeah, yeah we I mean, have. 
I think I could go up it now with yeah, you very could. little stress. Like it's super simple. Um, but yeah, so it was a really fun time. Like I got to kind of sit passenger with him and just like really just help him figure out line choice. And then we got to Copperhead, and so I forgot that he has ten wide wheels. I think it is right, Graham. I yep. forget. Yep. So he has wide ass wheels. So he debeated what three times? No, two times. Debeated yep. two times, which I felt so well. No, he burped once, and then and it was me. low, so he told him to fill it. Fortunately, mm-hmm. Sean had the onboard air, so it was it's not a difficult repair. But never saw that with a nine nine inch wheel. Never, and like I think I have eights on mine, and I have I don't think I've ever Maybe burped. Eight, yeah. Debeated like nothing. Are you still on the Alcoas? Yeah, I am. Those yeah. are sevens. Good. Damn. Then, anybody listening, run your shit. Your 35's on sevens. Fuck yeah. those any tire place, Any tire place that says, and they actually, when I put the 35's on the truck uh, with the 17-inch uh, wheels, and it's not even a 16, it was a 17, they're like, you're going to put these on an 8-inch, these tires with the 12-inch width on the on the 8-inch room? I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> totally fine. They're like, no, it's not going to, that's, that's going to, not gonna it's be gonna safe. It's gonna crown, but it's not gonna not be safe. Yeah, um, I was gonna. I was like, if anything, that puts more pressure on things in the right way. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, after seeing RJD bead those the tens on those oh. rocks, I was like, yeah, um, tire shops are wrong. Don't listen to those dudes. <laughs> yeah, deal with well, I've been vehicles. I've been preaching that since we started the podcast. I ran my fifteen. Uh, seven wide, and then my 17s. I've been on eight wides. I'm not happy that I have nine wides now on the stickies, but I didn't want to swap over those rims if that makes sense. Yeah, they but on a 14 tight. or on a 40 inch tire with a 13 and a half inch, I'm hoping width, it's okay. That'll be fine. I don't think you'll have any issues. It's a beadlock, too, right? Uh, no, mine are oh, not okay. beadlocks, but it's just um, a different wheel. Okay. Yeah, well, is it an actual like true seventeen? Yeah, I have rock rings for those if you want them. If you measure them to be actually seventeen, I will double check lip. on that. But I'm gonna be real with you. Um, with everything else that I've got going on, I'm gonna be ordering methods. Alrighty. So I I've got a uh, method release that hot boy teardrop beadlock, and I'm kind of in love with them. I don't know if I've seen that one. Um, I'll send you a picture. So, I just think they look fucking sick, and I want to do a burnt bronze ring to go with the blue. Um, Spendy shit, though. Not really. They're like... They're two fifty-five with the discount I get, so I'm just going with them. I sent it in the podcast chat. Oh, this is the same style. Isn't it the same style that uh, not Colin Curtis has, right? No, Curtis has a different style. Okay, he, um, has, K- he has KMCs anyways, but still, yeah, it looks similar. I thought. I just I think know, those are. I feel bad. I mean, they don't look bad. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't run them. I don't I like kind of cool. thin spokes. I like thicker spokes, like the um. Like the AR twenty threes, the American or the, or, the ones. or like the the kids block uh, KMCs that I got from uh, Hendrix. Yeah, right? those like are the, sick. The, yeah, the, the, the circles and the triangles. I feel like I'm a kid again. You could 
which one's the circle <laughs> hole which one's the square <laughs> you know i don't know it just they're thicker uh thicker spokes and i like that i don't know i i think i i scarred myself uh when i saw pictures of like those those dainty truck wheels with like the really thin spokes and you see them like yeah. ripped off and the wheels just like not connected to the actual hub anymore because it just ripped the outer shell off i, I think i'm willing to take the gamble on method to make it method probably enough. makes a pretty decent one you're right uh <laughs> um, it's, it's not a justified uh concern at this point with like a no. like a beadlock wheel but you know it's still there it's in the back of my mind so i just don't like them <laughs> yeah I, I get that i just i like those rims because they're different and we know how i am We'll get yes, we to do. that later. Yes, we do. Um, You're a different boy. So, the thing that makes me the happiest about hearing all this stuff, though, going back to Badlands, is that there was someone new out there trying a hard property, and that goes back to my rant at the beginning of this podcast. I there was really two just... There's two. One, uh, Eddie Class. Class? Class? Shit. Class. Class. He was out there with his uh, Toyota buggy. That was pretty. He's good. a really cool dude too, and he's—I think he's a rockaholic. But I mean, he's down to go anywhere, and that—that that Toyota works. Yeah, <laughs> he was—he was, he was uh, you know, breaking some hearts on leaf springs. <laughs> so there's some some like rear steer buggies with a lot of money in them, and they made it. Don't get me wrong, but like Eddie made it through with his. Uh, it's a nice Toyota, but it's a piece of shit too. Uh, <laughs> it's a Toyota. It's not going to be quality. Um, <laughs> and he was just walking shit with what are they? They were, they were like thirty-seven, maybe thirty-nine. Yeah, thirty-seven reds. Thirty-seven reds. Yeah, yeah. So just not a big tire. Just 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 going on through like it was nothing. Either way, though, like that shit makes me happy because we got to get more people to actually go out and do the stuff. It's cool to talk about it. It's cooler to do it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you for sure. Um, but yeah, honestly, I'm so side eyeing you so hard right now, Cody. <laughs> Me? Yes. I don't give a fuck. That Jeep could burn down for all I give a shit let right me, now. Uh, let me fix all my shit up, and then we can we can build something for you, Cody, or figure no, out I'll come, your plan. I'll come help you build the finish up yours too. Just gotta give me invites. I mean, let me know when you're going. But either way, almost every day. Good to know. Today. Um. <laughs> so. Anything noteworthy happened there? No rolls? Oh, yeah. no. oh no, there's there's plenty, like maybe two and a half hours of winching that I my fat ass was being dragged up and down the fucking mountain running <laughs> winch line. But <laughs> oh my god, there was a was lot of winching up. Oh that, sorry. Uh, uh yeah, the, the spot where the tricky spot on Copperhead we were talking about. A lot of winching up through that area. Um RJ's bumper which we had finished, oh. we, we skipped this part. Me and RJ, had, it's still a work in progress at this point. I have the file uh, that I need Marvell to cut for me so we can put it in. But um, we threw this bumper together, and we'd kind of been... Uh, and it's it was sort of my fault. I delayed it a little bit, but we had a week. And then I just got just absolutely destroyed by the fact that I couldn't get metal. I couldn't get any tube for this thing without driving two and a half hours away. Um, and the issue that I ran into was I needed to like set up an account and they took their sweet time. Cause that's what office people do, um, to do that before I could even get the tube. I needed to have an account with them, which took like three yeah. days. 
So I had a little bit of tube on hand that we built some parts with, but the rest of it was like twiddling our thumbs waiting for those guys to set up my account. Obviously now it's fine. Uh, but we ended up using my probably eight foot stick of tube that I had on hand for the main part, figuring out what we wanted the rest of it to look like. Um, stealing a piece of tube from Mark Nibs, who allowed us to take it. Uh, and then the <laughs> next day, I had to drive... Uh, and Mark's like an hour and a half away from me, I think. No, it's, uh, no Then I had to drive like... two and a half hours the next day, before even starting. And this is all like once I get out of work. So I get out of work usually like 5.30. So then I actually left early, because I think they closed at 6. But I had to drive two and a half hours away to get the tube. I showed up at 6 when this place was supposed to close... Uh, flagged down a dude and was like, the office should have this tube ready. I just need to pick it up. I paid for it already. Fortunately, they opened the door, they let me take my tube, and then we went back. But I didn't get back to like, uh, probably 8 o'clock, right? So, and this was most days, we were behind by an hour or two or three or whatever it was uh, at any point in time from when I would have normally gotten out of work. So it was just, the whole week was just constant, delay because of errands that needed to be run so that was annoying um we lost a lot of time because of that and i definitely should have had the tube on hand like a week prior to starting this instead of during the project it would have helped a ton um so we basically finished the bumper at three in the morning the day of the trip of course cody wanted to leave at six in the morning like a normal person? No, yeah. that's yeah. not what normal people do. Yes, uh, yes, that is what normal people do. Not when normal people are building things till three in the morning the day before. Uh, that's just not acceptable. Uh, normal behavior. people are done before that. <laughs> normal people uh, are boring. So yes, uh, we are. So, either way, the bumper came out pretty nice. Uh, I wish I had a little more time to work on it. It's not the prettiest welded bumper i've ever done we were it welding it in the rainstorm uh uh literally lightning thunder lightning outside and i'm out there underneath a uh what's one like a little pop-up mm. canopy mm. welding on this piece of shit uh <laughs> not ideal conditions um but we got it most of the way done but we didn't have that plate the plate i had initially had cut uh, was way off because I designed it around my bumper, which is not what we ended up doing uh, for his bumper. We did a lot, a lot of different stuff, um, but it definitely holds up because we towed on that tow oh point. My God, a lot. That hold up. We we're dragging that whole jeep by that tow point, and I mean, it's set up the same way mine is, so I knew it would be strong. But looking at it, I was like, Colin, why did you do it this way? Like, it just doesn't seem strong. That thing's fucking strong. Like, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Oh my it's god! Attached. <laughs> the amount of force kids like it wasn't rolling. Like we were literally like double diffed, dragging this motherfucker up the mm -hmm. hill. Like it, there was so much tension on one side pulling the rig one way that it fully debeated the wheel or debeated the tire on the wheel. Like there was so much force, and like I didn't even think about it. But I'm sure you were dreading the whole time. Like damn, that's a brand new bumper. There's. This is the first test, and it's just yeah. a metric fucked out of waving and we, onto it. <laughs> we almost didn't have the drill bit to drill it out. Uh, so, to give the perspective here, the the toe point is three pieces of... I think there's a 3 sixteenths chunk in the middle, but the rest of it's quarter-inch um, plate around this thing to um, you know beef it up to the point where it's, where it's, it's thick enough to be 
considered a toe point, I guess. I mean, I guess you could mm -hmm. use 316ths, but it would probably shear. Um, uh, where was I going with that? But we welded it all together, um, or we hadn't welded the piece together yet, and I asked RJ if he had uh, an inch drill bit. Because I didn't have one. Because we were not in this. We're in his driveway. We're not. We're not. We, I didn't have the 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 shop space yet or any of that. So I had no equipment to do it. So it was all just based on the things he had or the things that I bought when he said he didn't have it. Um, and he said he didn't have one. So I was like, shit. Well, we can't put your uh, shackle through here if uh, or your D ring through here if we don't have an inch drill bit. Um, fortunately, he dug around and we found a step bit. <laughs> so we drilled oh, each plate no. in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it Sounds was, uh, like and then time. welded them together. Uh, we, we welded those fuckers in hot. But it's, it's a nice bumper. It'll be finished hopefully this week in between all my other chaos that I have going on with uh, prep for my shit. But, um... It definitely it, it stood up and it took a couple of good hits too already and it's not even painted mm -hmm. yet. I will say he was he was extremely respectful about it too. Like like there they made a deal. He held up his end of the deal and he like I don't I mean I didn't hear him harassing you about you know like why's my bumper getting done? You know what I mean? Like oh, I a think, little bit a little bit but it's fine. Bit. like it was it was deserved. Like I, I I needed to do that and honestly building that thing sort of you know kicked me back into gear because my Jeep sort of just been doing its thing past several months and i haven't had a place to work on things uh and right after that trip basically um i was out for another week but then came back and i had a shot space so that project actually kind of kicked me back into gear and like have, has started to like get me to work on my shit again because i've just been in a in a mode of i don't have the space to work or i've got to ask somebody to borrow the space and that's not it's just not ideal, right? So I was sort of mm -hmm. out of the loop as far as building shit and doing things. So it was a uh, once I finally got um, back in the groove of it, it was good. So uh, it was a good a good project to Even jump back in, especially considering none of my projects now are like fab related. So that was kind of nice to you know jump back into building things again uh, and just get back in the saddle, I guess. I mean, you did a hell of a job. So, I mean, like, bravo on it. I, with having very little time and then, you know, getting what you did, like, it works. It works damn well. I mean, I wouldn't complain if I was you. No, no. I think it came out pretty good. I'm on, I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay with it. It did so well, too. It looks awesome. But, uh, but yeah, so that was a mission. We had to, because RJ didn't have a winch. So we had to winch him from the back with multiple. Uh, well, from the front, but with Sean being behind him, so then the whole entire time we are just going from tree to tree to tree with snatch blocks, this tree saver, this much winch with that much, adding oh, yeah. this strap to this. Oh my gosh, I was sweating so damn bad within like an hour. I was like soaked through my shirt. It was impressive. Yeah, Sean's fucking shitty. I don't even know what kind of winch that is, but it isn't like a premium worn winch. It's like a, you know, little sissy boy baby winch like the rest like peasants have like me and everybody else here i think um <laughs> no, none of us have worn winches just nah. the slow little things uh, and that thing was putting in work and i i worked on that thing electrically enough to know that uh <laughs> the winch is probably not the most reliable unit in the world <laughs> it didn't work it was it didn't give up i'll give it that 
I had blue dye from his strap on me the whole entire time because it was like, I don't know if it rained the night before or whatever, but it was like wet and oh my God, it was such yeah. a mess. And then <laughs> we made it happen, but God damn, was it a struggle fest. And I mean, Ryan had to winch a little bit, but he did damn well. The only person I think that didn't have to winch was uh, Eddie in the Yoda. I think he was the yeah. only one. No, Eddie was just, like I said, that thing just was breaking hearts. <laughs> he can pretty much do whatever he wanted with it. He took that uh, that left line at the beginning of Copperhead, too, which I don't think anybody else made it up. Uh, yeah, no, everybody else had to go right side, but then again, stickies do what stickies do. Yeah. So he Sean did a good job. Tried, and I think if Sean had finessed it a little more, he might have been able to do it, but... Uh, Alright, but let's be real. Sean's just getting the hang of that thing. It's a new rig. and Yeah, and there's still some adjustments that need to be done. I need to pull his seat forward about an inch because his feet can touch the pedals, but he always grinds the gears because he's too short. Uh, <laughs> and um, that transmission needs some synchros because it doesn't like... It's like specific... I know exactly... I, I, having driven it, I know what's what's wrong with it. I've felt the problems with it it's a little notchy and it's too notchy for an ax-15 so something's not quite right um and he wants door bars and little little shit too so there, there's some comfort issues with that thing which makes it a little more difficult to drive and he's also not he hasn't wheeled a manual rig uh with the capabilities that that one has in he's he's doing good with it i'm really good yeah and honestly it's 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 impressed me so far. Like I knew it would be pretty good, but considering what it came from, and I'm sure I've said this before in other podcasts, like it's a it's a damn good rig. Yeah, I I'm just glad that he's getting out wheeling more. Um, I'm making an effort myself to try and get out more, so I'm glad to see that. Yeah, common theme at the at the moment. And we we sort of we we jumped past the whole low attendance on. On the on the trip, I think. Well, uh, I ranted about it. Yeah. Well, I kind of want to drag it back there a little bit. Go ahead. Like, feel free, um, man. Yeah. Right. I mean, I the group of people who was there this time was great. Right. It was a it was a pretty small group. It was like a a mix of like the couple of backyard built guys and a lot of a lot of rockaholics guys. Um. Eh, by a, a, a Rockaholics definitely outnumbered us, which was a little upsetting, but um, kind of expected it. Uh, I don't know. It just it would have been nice to see some of the other familiar faces. Like usually, there are a couple of people who had decent excuses, but you know, yeah, like somebody bought a house. You know, <laughs> yeah, when you're buying a house, like I get that. Like do that. He's been, and we we all know that Colin is is occupied probably for the year, uh, and you know that makes sense financially from his perspective he's got work he needs to do to that jeep he's neglected it for a little bit it, it, it's it's gonna be a trail scab at one point or another it will fall apart so i don't blame him for taking the year off and not stressing about the the wheeling shit but um i don't know we had a lot of people initially who were like oh yeah i'm gonna go especially from our area cody and then last second turned into a bailout um yeah, yeah. And, you know, and this doesn't just apply to people in our club, but like in general, like if you're going to go to a wheeling trip and you're going to commit something and back out at the last second, like what are you doing? Just if you're going to go 
do it. Don't be a... This is actually... Uh, I'm sure we're not the only ones, but... Like, the biggest thing for me, when I first joined Backyard Built as a club, was like... I think it had stuck with me. Sean said it. It was something about... You know, you, it's a yes or no question, not a... You know, you can't, maybe it's not an answer, right? You're either going or you're not, right? So figure that out and commit to it. And instead of being wishy-washy or coming, you know, pulling back on your word and then not going, just regardless of what the situation may be with your rig or with whatever it is, like realistically, the finances behind this stuff doesn't have to be expensive. You can make it expensive, but it doesn't have to be. You can pay for the gas and, and that's, and sandwiches and you'll, you'll be happy for a weekend, right? Uh, suffer a little bit, right? Um, it doesn't need to be this complicated thing. Run your shit half broken. I drove there with that thing knocking like it was about to blow up. It didn't blow up, and then I drove it halfway home. Uh, and then I need to get it towed, which we haven't talked about yet. But <laughs> right, you know, just just do it. Like I was not prepared for that trip. My drive shaft was broken when I got there. Like thing was fucked. Uh, somebody had a welder there. We just tacked the caps. We called it a day. Like, and it didn't blow up. It was fine. Like. You, yeah, that's my spare drive shaft now. You don't have to we... have your rig like in this pristine condition, like perfect for every trip. Like it's just not realistic. It's never gonna happen. We build these things to beat the crap out of them in the woods. Like you're gonna have problems. There's gonna be little issues. And if you're if you're worried about like that one thing, and I'm a worrier. Like don't get me wrong. Like all those little things make me nervous. But you just have to like suck it up and do it and see what happens, and then deal with the the aftermath if something does happen right like that's that's half the fun of it is the problem solving and the stuff that comes out of it so well, um you remember back in the heyday what was it there was that month in 2020 was it where like i blew two four liters and still made both wheeling trips that we went on uh-huh like you just got to put in some fucking effort and you also have to be just okay with the fact that shit happens it doesn't always end up being perfect and sometimes you can't make everything be exactly what you want it to be but if you said yes get it together enough to go there you could have a really pretty rig and not go to any trips and nobody's gonna give a shit are you, you guys calling me out, you little fuckers? Is that what I mean? I, I, like, I've never... No, 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 no. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, just general. <laughs> if, you're, if you're feeling like we're calling you out, then maybe <laughs> you, you have some, some soul-searching to do with your, <laughs> with your wheeling habits, Cody. <laughs> God damn it. No, I'm just fucking around, but it was. I was like, damn, like... Man, they kind of call me out right now. Shit, I'm no, one of No, it's not just people. you. It's a, there's a lot of people that, uh, if they listen would probably feel the same way like it's it's you know yeah it's not an uncommon thing i think in in wheeling it's See, but it's also a big thing it's the timeline too like if you if you say you're going a, two weeks beforehand and then the day before you're like you know honestly i'm not really feeling it like that's scummy like that to me is 100 percent. but like if you're a month away and then you're like shit dude like i just can't make it happen i can kind of respect that and understand that but then again a whole month is a lot of time to try to figure the fuck out so yeah yeah i mean if you commit to something a month in advance and and you realize two weeks out from the from the date of the event that you're not going to make it then you know whatever fine yeah you <laughs> you you have a maybe the issue you had with your jeep like i don't know i know some of the um pretty hardcore uh rockaholics guys have had issues right they said they're going to something they come back from one of their other trips 
And I'm calling out Mikey here a little bit. And then, you know, he flopped the thing so hard it cracked the transmission in half when he thought it was some output from the transfer case or something. Like, it was a, it was a bigger problem than he thought. And when he had actually dug into it, it was like, well, now we need a bunch of work done to this thing, so I'm not going to make it. That's, that's a whole different story. Like, if, yeah, if it's... You can't fault that. No, that's, that's, you know, just the reality of things sometimes is you break your shit hard and you're not going to make that trip. Uh... You know, it's just not realistic. But um, you know, if you're like, "Oh yeah, my shit's already two weeks a, two weeks in advance of said trip," and then suddenly it's, uh, "No, I I can't go right because I can't get X, Y, and Z to to sort itself out." Like, I don't know. I'm not I'm not advocating for um, driving shit boxes on the road, but uh, there's a lot of shit boxes that are less shitty than mine, and I drove mine on the road past cops, and we didn't have any issues. Like you yeah, can, you can uh, you can make it work. Like you don't need a trailer. You don't need a truck and trailer. Uh, just you know, valid registration on your existing rig, assuming it has DOT tires, and you know you're not. Yeah. You no, know, I was gonna. You could. I was gonna say, in, assuming you can drive it on the highway, but you can make it on side roads. I remember driving back from. Uh, what was it? Oh, I can't think. Harris Mountain. Um. With a pitman arm, the, the tie rod end on the pitman arm was stripped. Uh, we could wedge it down so it wouldn't come off. Or at least we hoped it wouldn't come off. But it wasn't tight. Uh, I drove all the way back from, where's Harris Mountain, Belchertown? Uh, like, to, to Marblehead, Salem, Massachusetts, essentially. Uh, side roads with a busted-ass tie rod end on my pitman arm. Which is, like, the worst tie rod end to lose. Uh, it was yeah, a you're going hour drive, ride. but we made it work. Like it's just that's that's it. And if you know, if you're not down for those kinds of rides, like maybe that's it's just not the thing. Trailers for people, like, I was gonna say that's what a fucking trailer's for, Graham. Yeah, but <laughs> you spend the time or you spend the money. Uh, yeah. If if you got now, six hours to spare, you don't need to spend ten k on a truck, two k on a or. 5k on a trailer or whatever the price is on trailer 3k for a 10k 7k something like that five for five. a 10k yeah you don't have to spend that if you got six hours to spare or you want to like waste your whole day slash maybe night getting home like you don't need a truck and trailer like figure it out um pay the guy to get the inspection sticker like there's there's options right you can you can do it without having all the fancy toys that all the people on social media have just fucking do it so, like, I feel personally called out. I do apologize for not being willing to drive my shitbox 13 and a half, 14 hours yeah, on to go up there. Yeah, you should be um, sorry. All your you fault. have a truck and trailer, though. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, your speech there was so rousing that I want to go drive my Jeep to AOP. I mean, so, that's uh, not far at all. I will say that's, that is that. a longer drive. Driving to AOP should be, that's nothing for you. <laughs> That's an hour. Like an hour of easy highway driving. It would probably be easier to drive that thing than to haul it on a truck and trailer. Don't tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. You're you know why you're wrong? I've never left AOP with it running. Well, he got a, he should he got probably, a point. Now it has a good fuel pump, so now it shouldn't, uh, shouldn't do that. So you should be good. Touche, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on that laurel for why I like riding home in air conditioning. Um, well, see, that's the thing is my truck doesn't have air conditioning, so 
Either way, it's going to be hot. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me whether it's in the Jeep or in the truck. Both are loud as shit. Like, <laughs> just... <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the experience is the same, except uh, one is, I don't know, a lot more beat up in the woods, usually. <laughs> Most of the time it drives itself back home, or onto the trailer, or wherever it's going. So, uh, why didn't it drive itself back home from listen, Badlands? It made it more I than halfway. We did all the side roads, and then we got to the highway, which would have... We got onto... You were about to hop on 91. Um, super easy drive from there. Like, it literally just would have been a straight shot. Like, 40 minutes, boom, home. Uh, but it was leaking a considerable amount of oil onto the exhaust uh, that had me... I mean, I've had that happen before, and I have holes in the cab, so like the the... The burning oil will come up into the cab, and you, you're like, okay, we're just burning oil. Uh, it was a considerable amount. It doesn't generally concern me, but this amount was concerning me, and I needed gas. So I was like, well, there's a gas station right here right before we hop on the highway. It's probably a good place to stop. Um, so we came down this big hill. It did this weird thing about right at the top of the hill, I'd say, uh, where it kind of like misstepped for a minute like it wasn't super happy about running but it was still running i mean there's so much rolling mass in that thing like if you're moving more than 10 miles an hour and the motor stalls it's still gonna move like it's still gonna turn the motor over and do its thing so i don't know if that's what happened and it was and then of course it was all mostly downhill um so i wouldn't have known even if it had like just barely been running but i mean it did pull into the parking spot that i jammed it in when we got there so it was still running under its own power. It had a little hiccup, um, was burning a shitload of oil going down this hill. And it already, you know, the thing looks hammered. Like, it doesn't look good. Uh, so I was like, let's let it cool down, get the oil a little thicker so it's not coming out of that rear main seal or wherever the fuck it's leaking from. Um, and then we'll get some gas and we'll get back on the road. Well, we do that. Um, turn it off. You know, like I said, I didn't think it was... It not starting was not the expectation. I wasn't expecting that to be what it was going to do. I figured if it was going to stop running uh, with the new cam sensor that I put in at AOP, and, uh, I mean, that crank sensor isn't... I think that's the one I had in my other Jeep. Like, it's not a bad crank sensor, because um, it's a 2000 motor, so there's no dizzy. It's it's just uh, two sensors in those places. Uh, I think both have an influence on the, the, the tack. I don't know for sure on the 2000 motors, but I know it's not just the crank position. Either way, it wouldn't start uh, after that. Just wouldn't start. Tried the water on the CPS thing to see if that would, you know, cool things down and make it run again. Nada. Uh, so we sat there for a little bit, trying to, like, mess with things and, you know, get it to run. It would, it would run on starting fluid a little bit, I believe. But not obviously that's not a solution. So it was cutting fuel for some reason, um, which doesn't really tell you anything because there's so many sensors or there's multiple sensors that can affect that on that motor. Um, at least I think I could be wrong. Call me out. Uh, let me know. Tell me which sensor's bad on the piece of shit because I still haven't fixed it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just wouldn't run. So we sat there. Uh, fortunately, there was an air conditioned Taco Bell KFC combo. Right next to this gas station too. So RJ got gas. We sat there for a minute, filled with it, uh, and then eventually, 
Wait a minute. Hmm? Did you say air conditioned Taco Bell KFC combo? Yeah. The same company. I did not know that. I yeah, it's the that same was company. Amazing. And sometimes you'll see them in like a like oh, a both so in one too. building. Oh, so we got a, I got a crunch wrap. We sat in the AC. Uh, and then, you know, we got boards. We went back outside, tried to make it start. Wouldn't start. Uh, sat there for a little while longer. And then I finally caved and called AAA and was like, well, uh, yeah. Uh, and I didn't even. <laughs> we waited around for probably an hour after I called them. And then they were like, oh, well. The driver's going to be out a little longer. I called him back, I think, because they were taking so long, and I hadn't heard anything. Um, and he said, well, you can just leave it there. And, of course, I'm leaving my fucking Jeep, <laughs> which just, you know, is going to be a surprise for the tow truck driver. Um, <laughs> a nifty so, tool for later. Yeah. <laughs> so, we and they, I had a tire in the back. I had one of Sean's junk, uh, or not junk, but... um popped tires in the back it had a slice sidewall or something that we couldn't get to hold air so uh that was in the back ratchet strapped down out of the broken orange hatch like it just it it looked it the i think i've got there yeah there's a reel of it on on my my instagram like the thing is hammered <laughs> like it just looks still bad missing the headlight it's still missing the headlight. Uh, the back yeah. glass broken out. Was still it still got glass all around the edges with a tire hanging out the back. Uh, it's strapped down like it's good. So they called and they were, when they when one of the guys was going to pick it up, he said, "So do you just need me to change the tire? Like, is that what the one is in the back for?" I was like, "Nobody, <laughs> you're it, it doesn't run. You're putting it on your trailer or on your uh, on your truck and you're bringing it here." So I had my Jeep delivered to me at my apartment, which was. Uh, amusing <laughs> i won't lie <laughs> uh yeah so i don't know it was doing really well and you know the sensor problems you can't you can't outrun sometimes the cps will get you on a cherokee every once in a while so uh i'm hoping it's cam position because that was my issue previously with the thing um probably just shot balls you probably honestly just, god it was probably only having compression because the fucking thing was so hot, and then you let it cool down for the little bit, and then just bleh, <laughs> probably what happened. So funny. I'm, it it makes a ticking noise when you crank it. Like that's not the cranking noise. It's like a you know you start a jeep and you hear the, but there's like a a loud click, click, click as yeah, it goes. Like because something ain't right. Probably because <laughs> you're hearing the valves. There's nothing going on, so you're just hearing the valves slapping back and forth. I don't know. <laughs> I still want to try to slap some sensors in it to get it uh, uh, moving. Um, if I can't end of this week, I've got to just get it towed to the to the shop and toss the other motor in because that's where we're at. But um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of was hoping that motor would die in a more spectacular fashion and not like that. But you know, I would say it's send off. If this is this probably is the final ride for that motor. I'd say it was a pretty worthy send-off, uh, all in all. We hit some rev limiter. It didn't die on the trail. It just died, you know, silently alone on the, in the, on the, on the road. It sounds but, so sad, too. Like, it's, it's so bad. bad. <laughs> you can hear it on the fucking highway, like, over all the wind noise. <laughs> that video still fucking gets me, because it's so funny, just how loud that thing is. Just, and it doesn't have a lot of power. It's definitely like my other original motor had more power than that uh, on the highway. I couldn't go over like 
and of course I don't have a speedo, so this is all guesstimates. Uh, like sixty on a straight, which is definitely not what it used to be able to do. Like the the earlier video of it blowing past the dodge, I don't think you were going that fast in that one, but it was probably I had I had been able to build up some speed on that straight, so it looked like I was going fast. But I couldn't even do that with this motor. It just wasn't wasn't having it. And it was backfiring. The timing's all off. So, I don't know. Maybe the timing chain just went and that was it. <laughs> I feel like that'd be more catastrophic, though. Yeah, just nice uh, throwing the fucking a rod down through the bottom of the block. or Yeah. It would, it would be kind of cool to see if you could like lift the head enough to like dent the hood. That'd be exciting. It's <laughs> a fucking piston. Well, it won't dent my hood. I've got a tube in the way. Ooh, okay. So we break the tube and then bend the hood. That would dent, be really dent the tube. The hood's not going anywhere. I mean, I think the send off that we gave the four liter from Richie's property was pretty solid. In my shit box, that one was good. Like chunks of piston falling out of the oil was great. Mm. Yeah, the it new was motors. Impress- Sorry. Sorry. Go. No, I was just going to tag on to that and just say that it was pretty impressive how far that thing actually made it, though. Like, I did not think that... I'm talking about Luke's rig that day at yep. Richie's house. I mean, impressive. We didn't think it was actually bad. We were thinking, like, I bent a push rod and it just wasn't moving or something like that. So we were going to drain the oil and... Or what did we do? We pulled the valve cover off and we were like, shit, everything's working right in here. Um... So we drained the oil, and it was just going and making light thuds as the oil was coming out. Yeah, it's pretty great. Pretty great. Uh, and that was the engine I cracked the crank in. So, Graham, you got to step it up. Uh, this next engine, when you go to Good Evening, we're expecting like. What are you talking about? I literally filled that engine with uh, what's that that junk? Um, the head gasket fluid. Okay. Like build your own head gasket. Like that was running in that motor when I was at a. Like I didn't change the coolant. I just put it in there. It just added it to it. Uh, we were running it with literally no coolant. Like the the video of it at 260 and me like wondering why it was getting so hot so quickly and would like fluctuate. Well, that's because there was no fucking coolant in the thing. I don't know where the fuck it was going. It wasn't leaking out. Uh, so it must have been eating it. Um, <laughs> four liters can have a four Between... can have a little coolant as a treat. <laughs> Between s'more, because I noticed it the the I think it was the second last day, sec last day at s'more. It was like on hills, it would go to two forty or two fifty, and like sit there for a minute, and then it would come back down. I was like, oh, it's just an air bubble. Didn't didn't really think anything of it. Also, it's a piece of shit motor. Like I don't really care. Um, but I didn't think anything of it, and then I get back, and the issue continues to get worse and worse, and then it's just, you know, I was driving back from RJ's, which is only like 10 minutes from my place, and the thing is that it's 260, just pegged on the way back, and I'm like, I'm still revving the thing, <laughs> sitting at three grand driving home, <laughs> and then, oh, there's no coolant, that would do it, um, yeah, I don't know, that motor's, it's, I'm curious what's making that fucking noise, but uh, I mean, honestly, I think it's still a uh, strongest running 4.0, uh, <laughs> minus the ticking noise. It's just a little noisy about the fact that it's the strongest running 4.0 that I have. Uh, yeah, the new one's got acorns in the in the water jacket, so that's cool. 
I can't sorry, get them out. What? There's way too many. Not ac- Maybe not acorns, but there's like seeds. There's like a squirrel or a mouse has put these like... Uh, they're larger than like a pellet you'd get for a BB gun, but they're all like jammed in the water jackets around the uh, the cylinders, and I'm not getting them all out. <laughs> so those are staying. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I I don't think it's uh, nearly as rusty. The intake was rusted or corroded shut. It's aluminum, uh, so no water was getting into it after a certain point, and I pulled all the intake shit off uh, and exhaust things off. There's no major rust in there, which was an issue on Ronald 1.0. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple mm-hmm. of the valves were pretty bad. Like we had to like scrape them off and then turn it over with that piston or that uh, that valve closed to get the rust out of it, uh, which might be a contributing factor to why it's so ticky and annoyingly loud. Um, I'm not sure, <laughs> but this one, as far as the head goes, it looks like it's in a little better shape. So. We just have to deal with the acorns or nuts, whatever they are. Have you um, tried sucking them out with a straw? No, but honestly, that would probably be the way to do it. Um, if you're bored and you want to come down, bring a couple straws and you and me can <laughs> suck the nuts out of my fucking engine. Uh, hey, yo. Hey, yo. Right there, boys. Oh, my lord. <laughs> that was a hell of a statement. <laughs> that, is, that is a sentence. Um, Holy! Uh, <laughs> you won't find that on the other off-road podcasts. Um, <laughs> suck the nuts out of my engine; it'll be a bonding experience. God. Okay, I, I've got high hopes for Ronald 2.0. Uh, he's not getting the bling bling paint job because uh, unless Marvel or somebody comes down with the yellow paint, um, I don't. I just don't imagine it's going to happen. Um, yeah, you've got I like gotta, a week. We got a gasket set, and I don't even don't even get me started. I still have to uh, make sure the tranny and the dodge is good. It's got a two three mushy shift thing that it doesn't like doing. It like delays it, and then if you go past two thousand RPMs, two you know twenty one hundred RPMs, it just doesn't shift. Uh, I'm praying that uh, a sensor slap, a fluid change, and a filter change will fix it. Do a band I'm, adjustment and, and while adjust you're there. the bands uh, while I'm in there. But I'm not convinced that that will do it. We'll see. Uh, if it doesn't do it, um, we're not canceling. We're just going to go. Because if you stay in overdrive, then you don't have the problem. Because it doesn't have to use 2-3 in overdrive. So, uh, <laughs> mad lad. Love it. And, you know, worst case, if it dies, it'll probably be in Pennsylvania. And we have plenty of friends in Pennsylvania who might be willing to... Uh, drag my jeep there uh and i don't know what i'd do with the truck i'd have it towed somewhere dumb uh and figure it out later but i'm hoping that this this thing fixes it it's not uh the fluid's not burnt it just seems like it's having issues it's hesitating the shift for some reason i think something's not reading correctly or it's not happy with something uh, yeah that it's reading off those sensors i imagine it's clogged i've put a lot of miles on that transmission since i last flushed it and I can just tell from the dipstick that there's a lot of sediment in there. And last time I changed the fluid, I didn't know I had a filter on hand. I did, but it was underneath the seat uh, from the previous owner had left it there. And after I had changed all the fluid, I didn't have a filter and I knew I just needed to... Because I had done the pan. I did a deeper pan in the thing. But I didn't realize I had the, the uh, a filter for it or I would have put it in. So I never did. But I've had a filter. 
uh, for the thing, um, and it was full of metal when I pulled it up before, just 47 RE things. Um, so we'll see. I'm hoping that all this changing everything out uh, makes it shift a little better. And from what I've been reading, uh, fluid changes on them do help with the feeling of shifts, and if I change the sensors as well, I'll check them and make sure it's not something obvious, but uh, I think with all those things done, we got a pretty good chance of it surviving one trip to West Virginia before I finally uh, buckle down and, and get fix that six-speed sorted out. No, no, no. That 47RE... No, uh, I wasn't is... saying fix the 47RE. I was saying fix the truck. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to fix it with the six-speed. But yeah, uh, that, I'd like to be able to sell okay. that 47RE as a good transmission and not a piece-of-shit transmission because it's been really fucking good to me for the past two years. And it would be a real shame to be like, oh, it's broken now. Now I can't sell it for shit. It's a core. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to spend a little Figure money it on out. it, see if I can make it shift good. Because I don't yeah. have the paperwork to say that it was rebuilt, but it was definitely rebuilt. Because there's no shot it would have lasted doing what it's done if it wasn't uh, as a stock 200,000 plus mile transmission. Something, Some work has been done. I don't know what, but... Uh, it works. Runs cool. So, runs prime. Runs prime. It's not a race car though. It's it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. It's pretty. It's slow. pretty damn slow. <laughs> the six you know two slow pulls away fucking, from it. <laughs> yeah, you know it's slow when the six two pulls away. Uh, probably a boost leak. Nothing to worry about. Uh, <laughs> don't care about it doesn't those. doesn't even just gently pulls away. Like have to pull over for him. <laughs> no, no, no. See, you pull away, but if I get into overdrive, like and it locks up the torque converter, then that thing fucking pulls. Third gear and fourth, or fourth, third gear torque converter lock, overdrive torque converter locked. Like, I can go uh, up a hill at 80, and it will maintain the speed. But if you try to go up that hill at 70, 75, you can't do it. It'll downshift, and it'll just, it'll be a dog. But if you find it in that right, that right spot, like when me and Richie were going to West Virginia last year, we were tired as fuck. It was like seven in the morning. We'd been driving for fourteen hours. Um, I was just hammering up and down those hills, and we were noticing on the hills that I was going exceptionally fast up. Like it was just chugging like a fucking freight train. But if I tr slowed down and wasn't going up that hill at the speed that I had been going down the other hill, then uh, it just it just lost its power, and then I'd sit, and it would downshift a third and do a bunch of funky shit. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a enigma to me. It, it pulls when it wants to, and doesn't want it. It's a, it's a second to. gen. It does what second gens do. It drives the trailer and truck slowly to your destination, and spits belts when the tensioners <laughs> are dead. Um, multiple belts. Multiple. It blew another one, actually, after that. But that one was half dead. It hasn't done it since. I chucked the belt that's on it now. It's good, so... Speaking that of... That issue's resolved. We still have one spare, just in case. Um, but it's a Master Pro. Blech, that'll only last four hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my four-liter spit a belt. So that was funny. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that, though. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... I think that's most of what I have. I know yeah? We haven't even talked about your your... Uh, Surprise! Surprises, Luke. But I don't know what else is there on my list. The Jeep needs a motor. Uh, oh, I need a tie rod because mine's bent to shit. Um, I noticed that yours got. 
it's bad. It. It's pretty bad. It'll be fine. <laughs> no, it needs to be unbent because it's uh, unthreading my hydro fittings. Um, uh, I leaked out a lot of power steering fluid at Badlands, and then fortunately we had half a bottle. And I was able to tighten the fitting, and it drove on the road fine. Uh, but I had flashbacks to Colin's experiences with uh, hydro fitting that was getting uh, loosened and driving on the road. It's not pretty. Like, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't be dumb. Um, <laughs> but uh, it doesn't have. It probably still doesn't have a lot of power steering fluid. I should probably make sure it has enough of that. Um, yeah, but it, it's. It's going. It drove home till it didn't, but it wasn't power steering related. So I don't know. There's a couple things to sort out. None of none of it's like critical. It's not like I'm reinventing the fucking wheel on the thing like I have in previous trips. So uh, just motor, uh, call it a day. Pray that Ronald 2.0 runs as strong as Ronald 1.0 until it doesn't. <laughs> oh, I need a muffler too because obviously that's gone. But yeah, that's okay. we have no idea where that went though. No, like, he started the trail with it, and then across, then ended the trail without it, and then in the certain section where we feel that he lost it, there's no, like, it's gone. Nowhere. We looked. I, like, walked up and down a good chunk of that trail looking for the thing, and I couldn't find it. And it's, mufflers aren't easy things to lose. Like, you don't just lose a muffler. Yeah. Uh, it's gone. Uh, I don't know where it went, but I was kind of upset because I've had that muffler a long-ass time. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to re-weld it back on. <laughs> I'm so used to the way it sounds. Every time I get a new muffler for that thing, it sounds awful until it gets crushed, and then it sounds good again. But Yeah, so well, bad. you could pre-crush this one. I mean, I True. could, but that seems, definitely could. that seems ungenuine. Like, I want it to be a genuine rock crawler sound, not like mall crawler <laughs> with a hammer sound. Like, that's boring. <laughs> I didn't know you can smash their muffler with a hammer. It takes some real skill to uh, drop it out of boulder, dent that thing on boulders for four years years to make it sound like that. You just—it's just not the same. Oh, I know. (laughs) Doesn't have the you know the crying screams for help when it revs up. Mm. I I get it. You know, after it gets beaten over rocks for a long time, understandable. Like you definitely get used to that tune. It's it's sure. overdue for an exhaust in general. Uh, it hasn't had a full exhaust since last year's AOP trip uh, or the meet and beat event. Like that's when I threw the exhaust on, and I think it kind of chewed it up pretty quickly. Uh, and then I ended up cutting a bunch off, and it just you know downpipe dumping it out of the muffler, which while it worked, it was kind of sloppy. Nothing. There's no hangers on that thing. It just flaps yeah. around. Uh, so if it'd be nice to get like two hangers on it and maybe have it, my exhaust has one hard mount hanger. So you're good. I have one as well. (laughs) Fortunately, like it's a four Oh, like it doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, it's just going to crack. Yeah. It's not incredible. No, no, no. That's only for you like 99 down peasants, 2000 up. You have a, a really nice, uh, dual cast, manifold and then a like a y pipe yeah with with adjuster thingamadoos that lets it wiggle a little bit and then you have it connect to the actual exhaust pipe so i got plenty yeah. of flex on it it doesn't care yeah whatever it'll be the, fine the exhaust i took <laughs> off the um 
the 99 motor that I'm retrofitting into fit the 2000 stuff uh, came off with a very cracked manifold, and I kind of chuckled to myself, like, haha, uh, it's uh, old person Cherokee things. <laughs> my head, my head might crack, but your manifolds crack. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's funny because now that I think about it, like my manifold's perfectly fine, but a few others that I know definitely do. And is it? It is because of that year change where they swapped out the different manifold style. Yep, because you've got a two-piece uh, manifold, right? The the it would flex or something. It would stretch or compress, and it would wear one of the uh sections out because it was all connected it had nowhere to go but with the two piece i guess they fixed it so it it's got a little more um flexibility in that sense so i don't know i've never had a problem like i was gonna change it out for like a you know something fancy and then i looked at it and looked at the cost of fancy exhausts and then looked at the cost of a factory 2000 cherokee y pipe without the catalytic converters because that's the other thing you have to watch out for is the cats on those uh they heat the engine bay up like fucking crazy yes Um, they do yes they fucking do yeah Uh, you're better off just doing the delete you can get the the pipe for it and you don't need those lower o2 sensors um mine are just there for looks i don't think they do anything anymore (laughs) (laughs) half the time they fall out of the bungs (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just they're just dragging on rocks down there, and I just screw them back in. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I will say, ever since I removed the carpet in my rig, it is ridiculous how fucking hot that floor gets. I never... Like, I mean, I've been in vehicles with no like you know carpet before, but, like, something to do with that Cherokee, it just gets toasty. Yeah, you gotta get some Kilomat in that thing. It helped yeah. mine a shitload. Trans-tunnel area is where you want it. Yeah, of Especially course, with the but... auto, that's not helping you either. You got a lot of stuff getting really fucking hot right in your floor. Yeah, or just, you know, cut out the floor, and then there's nothing to get hot. Well, then you're just, blowing. you know. <laughs> it's a heater. Actually, no, that's not the way to do it, because the more holes you have in the floor, the more heat you're getting from every drivetrain component that creates heat going straight up at your legs and feet. Um, <laughs> played that game. Uh, it's a heater regardless. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all right, Luke, we're ready for, uh, for your, your autism. Autism. Yes. Here's what the term. Um, well, let's see. So, on the old Cherokee, I uh, picked up a bunch of Spicer. They're, what are they, the uh, new Life U joints? They've got, like, the blue-purple banding on them. So, that oh. was cool. Um, so, little secret that I'm going to let out here. If you order axle shafts through Tom's Bronco Graveyard, they're not marked as Yukon, but they show up with Yukon tags. So that's cool. Huh. Um, so I got a set of 30 spline chromos, uh, another set of hubs. We're doing the basic maintenance stuff on the Cherokee to get that done. Um, Are Yukon par- parts of Flex? I mean, when they're a hundred dollar or a hundred and twenty dollars for a chromoly stub shaft, I'm not gonna bitch about it. Like, does it like say you? What do you mean? It says like Yukon the tag, tag says Yukon. Uh, uh, it's got a tag on there that says part number and all that because it's not carved into the axle shaft. Oh, uh, so. gotcha. All right, sorry, don't mind me. Just being salty about Yukon parts. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. 
I'm gonna buy their axle shafts for $125 a piece. Yeah, I mean, they're selling that cheap. I mean, it's doesn't surprise me. All their other parts are fucking cheap. Yeah. Um. Mm. Anyways, yeah. so I've got that coming up. I built up a brand new set of bump stops, which I think is kind of cool. I made them out of the UWMP material or whatever it is. That stuff that everyone uses for slider material. I found a chunk uh, of that at work UH, and UH UHF UHW. UHW. The only problem uh, though is that's not really bump stop material though. How like it's just it's hard, you know? Yeah, it's it's the hard stop on my front bumps. Um, I've got the Daystar uppers to go in there, so we're just swapping the because I cracked the like little dildo looking one that comes off of the coil bucket so we're swapping that out and then i'm changing out the lower section because the hockey pucks have finally given up after four years i should probably change my bump stops now that you say that that one is getting destroyed (laughs) yeah you should probably fix that um so a lot of little basic maintenance stuff um and then i sat down under the rig with logan and we rebuilt my shifter linkage assembly for the 241 or and now it uses three quarters of the throw of the in cab lever but it stays away from the drive shaft so i'm really happy with that and I will say that doing my motor mounts has to be one of the worst fucking jobs that I have done on that rig ever. Like, really? yeah, um, the Iron Man motor mounts are high quality product. I'm not shitting on Iron Man for that. They're a little slow to get there, but whatever. Doesn't really matter that much. Um, they showed up, they went in, but uh, to get them to go in, we had to put the plates on the engine, which requires pulling the alternator, pulling the power steering pump bracket, um, pulling the factory motor mounts, pulling the ignition coil out of it, and just like bolting up this big plate to the engine, which super cool, super helpful, you know, should keep everything where it needs to be. But to get them into the Jeep was a motherfucker. We got it to the point where, like, we had to pick the engine up, unscrew the frame side motor mounts, cock them, connect it to the block, and, like, I'm, when I say lift the engine up, because of how high my transmission sits now and everything, I have, like, three quarters of an inch to the top of the tunnel. So, like, wedge it up. And then kind of line the holes up, but like it didn't want to line up. So we had to put an M18 on there once we got the nut to start threading on and just hammered them on. And you could hear the unibody creaking open as it pulled the engine down. So that's great. <laughs> um, but the shifter does not move. I don't know if you remember from when you were playing automatic, Graham, how it would kind of dance around. It does not do that anymore, and it does not pick up when you uh, load it up. Like It's to the point now where you can put it in first, and it will drive through the brakes instead of uh, picking the motor up, which is kind of cool. It didn't used to do that. It used to pick the motor up and make a horrible clunking noise, so that's great. <laughs> 
Uh, no, uh, I don't know. I didn't notice it. We were just uh, just just chilling. I was I was not focused on the drivetrain movement. I was more just focused on uh, making sure that our automatic shifts were smooth as butter, unlike the <laughs> forty seven RE. Fair enough. That standard. When you do the three hundred two, what are you planning on doing for the transmission? Uh, well, about that. Um, uh, have you know. gotten there yet? I don't want to well, dig in, but I, I don't know. I don't know. How I guess we're going there. All right. <laughs> um, so yesterday I bought a 302. Um, after a lot of debating as to what engine I wanted, um, but transmission to answer your question is going to be an NP435 to a 205, no doubler. That the, I, I'm not retarded, so I don't know these these numbers and letters put together. So is it an auto or is it a standard? It's it's an old school <laughs> granny gear low range four speed manual. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And then the two hundred five is the gear driven transfer case Graham has. Ooh, so heavy boy too. Hell yeah. Yeah, you know, just just a minor repower upgrade. Nothing really to talk about there. <laughs> Now that's exciting though. I mean, I'm definitely excited to see how it does because I don't think many people do. I know there's a I believe there's a TJ or two that's rocking the uh the 302. But other than that, yeah. I don't really know many. It's not a common swap. The LS is a far more prevalent motor these days. Um which is how I ended up with the 302. Coincidentally, um, <laughs> so I guess if we want to go into how I settled on a 302, we can go down that path. Yeah, hit us with it. All right, so I'm I'm looking at the upgrades for the future, right? And um, so an LS around here in good condition, without stupid high mileage. You know, I'm sure Trail Trash might be able to help me find one cheaper or whatever. But like, just looking like I want to go grab this. I don't want to have to drive to the other side of Alabama to get it. Nine hundred bucks. Okay. You know that's that's not reasonable, but it's not unreasonable. But it it is what it is. So nine hundred bucks. Not worried about that. All right. Let's let's start searching for a transmission. So the Chevy Granny Gear four speeds had a double or a what they call a figure eight pattern. So the bolt holes are two circles, and it really only works with the Chevy pattern driver side drop stuff, which you know obviously with the Ford front axle doesn't really work out for me. So I'm looking for either an NV forty five hundred and to find one in good shape. You're talking over two grand. Um. Possibly closer to three if you're huh? trying to be quick. Oh, around where you are. Yeah, around where I am. Um, so whatever, you know, like, we'll, we'll figure this out. Um, now, the transfer case stuff, like, all right, well, I've got the 241OR. I don't know what I'm going to do with the 241OR. It does not seem to make sense to me to put a Dodge transmission in... Um, and the ones that I looked at had the shorter first gear to be able to adapt the 241OR over. So I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of off the table. Finding the right year SM465 is just not happening. You know what I've seen a shit ton of? Forward granny gear four speeds with 205s for like 650, 800 bucks. 
that's a transfer case, the engine, or not engine, uh, transfer case transmission together for, like, less than the cost of buying the Chevy transmission. Alright, fuck it. We bought. I wonder if I can find a 5.0. So I got on the old, uh, Facebook, and, um, sure enough, county over from me, 91 roller rocker, 5.0 high output out of a, uh, manual Mustang. Ready to go. 400 bucks. Pick it up. And I, w I was fucking shocked when I got there by how small that engine is. Um, compared to an LS, it looks like an itty-bitty dwarf engine. It's wild. Um, and in my research, I was looking into it. There's a lot of paths that you can go, and I suppose I'll ask for some input in a few minutes because I'm still trying to decide. But the engine management's there. It's not something that's hard to find. Holly makes a Terminator. You can put a carbureted intake and run a sniper if you wanted to go to an old-school distributor. Um, there's a bunch of companies out there that make wiring harness kits for them. So the standalone engine support is there. And, uh, you know, I was just... It seemed like a really good fit for a motor for what I'm trying to do. Because in factory form, it makes 275 horsepower. So it's in the same ballpark of horsepower as the small LSs. Like, it's a little less than the uh, 5.3, which is like 300, if I remember right, or 295. And the 4.8 is like 465. So it's right in the middle there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's still, what, 125 more horsepower than a Cherokee? Realistically? So, uh, what's, the, what's the actual, like, length or depth, I guess? Like, how much space are you going to gain between the radiator and the engine? Um, it is... It's... You ever see a 2.5 Cherokee? Yeah, about the same. Um... Give it another four inches on the front. Wow. That ain't bad. Yeah, it's it's an itty-bitty fucking motor. And the engine that I picked up came with a set of really, really shot balls, uh, manifolds, and a set of block huggers, but they're all rusted to shit, and they've been, like, hammered and apparently been in another car. So I think I'm going to replace the headers. Um... But even then, they are not all that wide. Like, you could probably get this thing to clear a factory four-link with a little finesse. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Okay. Damn. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to claim it's as good as an LS, because I don't fucking know. I'm not an engine guy. This is just something that, like, appealed to me. And I know that that motor has been around for a long enough period of time, and I know it used to be very popular to swap into CJs and YJs back in the day, carbureted. So, I'm like, alright, whatever. Um, and I was doing some research, running a E303 cam, which I mentioned last episode, is... Uh, that's an easy 55 to 75 horsepower, depending on the intake that you put in there. 
So you can end up with, through a $300 cam, set of push rods, springs, and all that, on the high end at 350 horsepower for an engine that's lighter than an LS and almost 200 pounds lighter than a dressed 4.0. Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah, that that's where this, like, it was kind of a tism, like, direction to get here. Um, but I've been, I'm super excited about it, and I'm looking at some of the old school setups. Um, I'm thinking about converting it to a carbureted intake. Notice I did not say carburetor. Carbureted intake and running a Holley sniper kit on it. Um, they released that 2.0 version. With that 2.0 version and a dual air gap intake in that cam, it should be somewhere in the 375 horsepower range. Good, and fully standalone. That ain't a number to scoff at either. 375 will be fun as fuck. Yeah. Um, realistically, that's going to put my horsepower to weight somewhere. Let's see. What's the shitbox way? So if I take the nose off the shitbox, figure we chop 200 pounds off of it when we cut the nose off and retube it. I'd say that's a fair number. Okay. So we'll call it 5,400 pounds, 375. 14 pounds to one horsepower compared to uh, 5,400. Compared to 36. So, yeah, it'll be spicy. Yeah, I can already make that thing spicy as it sits. Um... And then I suppose that we should talk about the fact that the wiring is all coming out uh, entirely from the shell. So. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it's getting gutted down to literally nothing. Sweet. Um, so you'll be able to, like, tuck everything and make it look pretty. Yeah, I'm going to try and do that. The other thing that I'm going to try and do is uh, either a painless kit or just a simple, like, have you seen the Switch Pros? Yep. Yep. Run a Switch Pro for literally everything, and then I'm going to run the standalone wiring harness on a separate, entirely separate harness that's going to go in between the seats, so that way, if I go to roll it, all I got to do is reach down and slap the kill. That'll look good, too. Then you won't have any wires hanging below, like, the dash or nothing either. That'll look really fucking nice. Yeah, and then for the gauges, um, I'm going to go with one of the autometer sells the five uh, hole dash, basically. So center is going to be the tack, you know, oil pressure, this, that, the other thing. And I ended up needing, what's it, oil pressure, coolant temperature, voltage, and I'm putting a clock in the other hole. Just because, like, it doesn't have a fucking radio, so fuck it. And then the tack. So it's going to be super clean, comparatively. Um, and the other option I have would be to go with... Holly makes that uh, the stand, or the digital dash. I could just run the digital dash in a 3D printed cutout on the uh, original location. Are you going to keep the same steering wheel, or are you going to upgrade to maybe like a... Like a no, quick... that's getting upgraded, most likely. Sheesh, that thing's going to be sweet, man. It's going to be like a whole new fucking rig. It's going to be... Uh, 
at that point, it's going to be a whole new rig. It's not wow. going to be the same shitbox that it was. Um, that's all I'm going to say there. Like, I just, I hit a point where I got fed up, you know? Like, if I'm cutting the nose off, there's no fucking point in keeping the 4 liter. If I'm not keeping the 4 liter, there's no point in swapping over, in my mind, to something like a 4 cylinder that I could adapt to the AX-15. Um, when I started looking at the potential horsepower that I will be putting through it, I don't know with my driving style if I trust an AX-15 to hold up to that much horsepower. Well, if I'm getting rid of the AX-15, I might as well get rid of the 241LR. You know, it just... And, like, I don't need overdrive, so whatever. Yeah, it's going to do the typical XJ spiral where it's like, oh, if I'm doing this, I might as well do this. If I'm doing this, I might as well do this. And then it's just going to go until... It is a whole new rig. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, why do I need to keep any of the factory wiring at this point? Like, I can literally set the blower motor to high and run that on a switch off the Switch Pro. And just, like, all I care about is that the old... Or the, uh, the heat on my rig is still a manual adjuster, so, like... It is? Yeah. There's like a little lever and switch and all that. It's not electric. Wait, what? You have the slide? You don't have a dial? No, I've got, I've got the knob, but the knob is uh, just like a knob. It, it, it's not um, uh, electric or vacuum operated? No. The, um, Damn. That's the only cool. thing that's vacuum operated is for the vent controls, but I'm just going to open that up so it's going to blow at the feet and blow at the driver. And then um, block off the rest. So it'll just kind of be a simple, you know, like get some warm air blowing at me when it's cold out. Otherwise, whatever. And when the nose comes off, it's getting dove-nosed. It's getting uh, coilovers. I don't know. I'm debating even throwing an 05 plus under it. No, at that point, might as well go a 9, you fucking pussy. I blew way too much money already. All right, all right, it's fine. I, Maybe I, I'll convince you later. I want to go to a nine, like really, really badly. Want to throw that thing on a set of dual nines. Um, I just, I can't throw that much money into that project. Um, as it sits, right, I'm looking at thousand bucks in engine management alone. Um. I'm looking at another 500 bucks in performance parts. I don't know what I'm doing yet for my uh, power steering and for the alternators and all that. So I will keep you updated as we get there. And I'm trying to also keep it where I can run a standard belt, which is another little little bit of a weird thing that like LS is, you know... If you go to order a pulley kit, they'll tell you exactly what belt to use. With this, I'm going to have to be like, all right, well, I'm going to go grab this belt. Oh, it's too long. Let's try this belt. You know what I mean? It sounds um, like a process for sure. <laughs> it's it's going to be a process, um, and it's not going to be the same rig when it's done. It's just going to be totally different overall, and I'm excited for it. Um. And the goal is, with all the work that I'm 
looking at doing. Um, I've got the trip to Good Evening Ranch. I have a trip to Stony Lonesome. And then I have a trip for... Uh, I got invited to go with Waltz Crawlers to Kentucky. So I'm looking at going there in November. After that, I think that we'll take the rig down. And the goal will be to have it back together for the meet and beat. Fuck yeah, man. Sounds like you got a whole good process going on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm fucking ecstatic about it. Um, I don't know of anyone else that's done the Ford swap. I think that that's going to be an interesting little uh, one to post up on Club XJ. <laughs> I can't wait to uh, ask which sensor I need to replace to uh, get rid of the choppy idle. <laughs> like, man, I don't know. My block just looks really fucking different lately. Anybody know what's going on with this thing? Dude, I cannot get over the fucking, like, how small that fucking engine is after having worked on four liters for so long. Like, oh, they're cute. Yeah, they're little tiny things. It's just not long. I mean, like, it's just, it's not long. The pistons and it's, are tiny, too. It's smaller than an LS, too. So, like, um, you know, Brian, we, we did the podcast with him. Mm-hmm. He lent me the engine stand or not the engine stand, the engine lift, and the engine is currently at his house while we're clearing out some stuff at Logan's to get my Jeep in there. Um, And he's got, like, this lip at his driveway uh, to push it in. So the guy I bought it from threw an engine stand in and whatnot, and we had uh, put it on the stand, and we were going to roll it in, and we didn't realize the lip was there. So... Like, we're trying to get this thing to roll up there. It doesn't want to roll. I end up just picking up the front, like, wrapping my arms around the engine, and just lifting it up and moving it over. The thing doesn't weigh shit with it being stripped down. Like, I don't know. I'm excited. It'll be cool. It'll be different. You don't see a lot of those. No, you don't. And I wanted to keep the manual. If I'd wanted to go auto... It would have been a lot easier to have gone LS, but being that I'm an idiot, and Timmy Clark is telling me I'm an idiot, so we know it's true this time. Um, <laughs> I, I just wanted the manual. I I don't no, no, know no, no, if no. one idiot calling another idiot an idiot doesn't doesn't immediately make takes one to know one, Graham. Uh, fair yeah, enough. That's all I'm gonna say. You know, that's a... <laughs> generally I feel like. You know, you kind of have to not be an idiot to call someone an idiot, but... uh, In regards to putting a manual in after doing that type of engine swap, I'll give him credit, because he tried like a motherfucker with that SM465. Well, yeah, because it's a dump truck transmission. I've never seen anybody put one of those things in and like them. You gotta put something with, like, good synchros in it that shifts like a fucking car. Otherwise, you're gonna have a bad time. Who would have thought? Dump truck transmission in a... I'm putting a situation doesn't work that good. I'm putting a dump truck transmission in, but God, I have I have a plan to address the shifter stuff, and I thought that this was kind of nifty. So they don't make a short throw kit for those, right? Just, Makes sense. It, no, because you know. it's a dump truck. Exactly, it's a fucking dump truck. <laughs> um, so I remember seeing on actually, you know who had a dump truck transmission and liked it. You remember that green Comanche that was running around with the LS in it? Uh, um, it was the guy on 42 Bog Dogs. 
Yeah, yeah. Dave, what's his face? He'd be a cool guy to have on the podcast. Yeah, I was just thinking that. We haven't we gotta hit him up. He's smart. Um He's smart. We should have one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very smart, so he builds cool like, shit. Yeah, exactly. That's what you gotta do if you wanna get on here. Build cool shit and be smart. Um But anyways. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying here, Graham. I was trying. Um, he built a tab and took a Heim, threaded the uh, shifter linkage onto the end of the Heim, and then he welded the tabs into the floor to move the shifter back because of how far forward it was mounted. And by doing that and cutting off the original truck shifter, he was essentially able to make a short throw kit, and it was like a fairly nice shifting dump truck transmission. Yeah, I, that, so that's actually a common thing in the uh, Dodge truck manual swaps. Uh, ask Colin about it, because you can get... Um, I mean, granted, you can build one probably just as easy or for less money than you could buy one, but they make kits for the Dodges with same deal. It's Himes to a bar that goes to a second shifter that lets you shift the main one without it being in the same place. Um, so definitely a thing um and if you look at some of the you know dodge manual swap people who are in like the newer trucks because i think just the the way the console is set up it just doesn't work or something yeah um uh that would be where i would look and you could have it at any length you could be shifting the thing from the back fucking seat from what i understand so like yeah that was that was where i was going with it is i want my shifter because i'm going through all this fucking hassle i want to be able to plop down have my shifter We'll put a seat in the middle where? of the back, and I'll sit back there with the shifter, and you can drive. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what do I do when you're not around? Because I do sometimes pretend Morgan to wheel can shift. You. Morgan can shift. True. Hey, we're about to roll. Could you please grab reverse? <laughs> <laughs> and she'll just look up with me petrified like you jackass. Um but I'm thinking that that should help to alleviate some of the problems, put some better ergonomics in there, and then while I'm at it, I want to throw a hoon handle on the opposite side of it uh, and in front of the seat so I can grab that. And because I'm running Holly, I'm going to run a two-step button on top of the hoon handle just for, you know, shenanigans. I don't know. That's all I got. Pretty minor upgrades. Damn. Minor upgrades, you fucking dummy. That sounds like a hell of a project. Eh, whatever. You know. <laughs> it be what it be. Um, and I'm just glad that, like, all of the parts that I need to adapt the transmission, which I still haven't bought yet, but I bought the motor because it was there and it was the right price. It It's literally, like, run, um, run a 92 flywheel with a 78 clutch and or an 87 clutch i'm sorry and here you go it'll all adapt your crank sensor will work there's no fucking weird bearings pick the 92 or the 87 uh pilot bearing throw it in there and uh being that it's an external slave transmission or an external transmission for uh shifting it novak makes a hydraulic adapter that um it's a three-quarter bore, so it matches the Cherokee Master perfectly. 
but it's threaded for NPT and it's got the bleeder on top. So like I should be able to bleed it without even having to do anything stupid. Just instant bench bleed it. I would not bleed that thing in the fucking truck. All right, noted. Um, like I having dealt with the internal slave bleeding process, you will never get all the air out. It'll always run or it'll always shift like shit. Maybe I was that's, just a dumbass, but I never had good luck with that thing. When that's it was why I was. Slave. It's an external slave. Um, yeah, I know. So just if it's external, just unbolt it, take it all out. Uh, the little inserts for those are really easy to do. Like you said, if especially if it's MPT, uh, and just just bleed it on the bench and then install it. Takes you know maybe an hour more, but well worth it. You don't want to be messing around with the shifts not working right. I was just going to vacuum blade it and call it good, but noted. You'd be surprised. It might work, but I would either, be way, cool. either way, I'm excited about it. Um, it's it's going to be cool. I like seeing the fact that some old iron is going to make a comeback with a modern twist. Like It's going to be weird as fuck to run a carbureted intake, but have the digital dash right there displaying everything, including the temperatures and shit. But with a carburetor, isn't it going to, like, because it's not going to have injectors, right? Uh, it's, like, it's, it'll be injected. If he's running least... a sniper, yeah. it'll be, a, a, it's like the J20, right? It's, it's like forced, the, right? the sniper <laughs> system just goes on top where the carburetor would go, and it has a, a single injector or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it just aren't you still going to have issues, though? Because. No, no fuel bulb. No? No float, no nothing. Nope. Uh, it takes 55 okay. PSI off the fuel rail, and it just runs it like a normal injector. But instead of it being a carburetor where it's got the black magic that carburetors are, it's got four <laughs> okay. injectors that sit over the uh, or that spray in past the butterfly valves. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, but then again, it's still like I don't know. It's still a vacuum to suck the fuel in once it goes into the intake. Yeah, that's how, that's how Cherokees work. It's just more direct. It doesn't yeah. have to go through the whole intake, right? It's not like you're direct injecting the fuel. It's just sitting there going in the very end of the intake. I know. The rear like, cylinder. If, he's up on a, if he's up on a hill, the rear cylinders are going to get way more fuel than the... Than no, the, no, no, no. That's not how atomized fuel works. Yeah, it's, it's already atomized, so it's going to be... Right. It right. should work fine. The Most other thing experienced is, it. unless Euro 2 sensors aren't working right, then those things do all sorts of yeah. funky shit. They'll the other, still run. They'll still fucking run. Uh, the J20, I don't know how the fuck that thing runs sometimes. <laughs> that computer is all fucked up. It doesn't know what the hell it's doing half the time. Because it's getting bad readings from that O2 sensor. And uh, it still makes it work. It was running with the timing so out of whack, it was making the headers fucking glow. and. Uh, it was still running like a top, like drove it to Maine and back, did a bunch of other shit with it. Never had a problem. Just cooking the headers. Yeah, and the other thing is I might go with the Terminator, which would keep the multiport. I'm just tempted. There is the horsepower scaling side of things that is tempting, is how I will put it. Mm. Um, the carburetor stuff, it's cheaper to make more horsepower. If you use carburetor intakes compared to the original high output intake. Yep. And because it's a 302, you can probably get plenty of those. Yeah, no one fucking ha uses them other no, than. Nobody like, wants them. You can get those yeah. motors for a dime a dozen. 
Dude, it's wild. Um, I was talking with Logan, like, if we ever decide that we actually really want to go down the horsepower chasing rabbit hole, just buy a fucking truck block for, like, 200 bucks and take it apart and build that if I wanted to go for 500 horsepower. But I don't know if I really want to go for 500 horsepower. I've been preaching not going excessive on the horsepower forever. I should probably live by that. So, that's that's where I'm at. I think that a 300 horsepower, 350 horsepower power plant is more than enough in the majority of trail rigs because it still leaves some level of room for error, right? Like, if you have 500 horsepower and you're flogging it, it's just going to break whatever binds up the second that it binds up. Alrighty, uh, I'm. I don't know, man. I'm excited to see you get in that rig and get out rocking on the trails. I think it'll be a hoot. Yeah, you got anything, Cody? Nope, not shit. Just trying to save uh, money, be a responsible adult. It's not working, but I'm enough. trying. <laughs> that's fair enough, man. I'm not gonna fault you on that. Nope. Um, I'll keep going up. Pay stays the same. It's fucking whack. <laughs> dude, I fucking feel that. <laughs> No, we're uh, we're coming we're coming to a clear. I'm um, thinking within the next few months things should start clearing up, and I can get back into normal shit. So it'd be a good time. Yeah, awesome. And then snow's coming too in a couple months, so you'll be able to start making overtime on that too. Hell yeah, I cannot fucking wait. Uh, it was actually funny the Instagram post that I recently put up where I put that I want you no know, miss snow and endless work days, dude. So many people were just like, "It's summer, be happy, it's summer," and I'm like, "Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> winter, and you can work all day and all night through the winter. It's so nice. The temperature mm -hmm. is perfect. You you won't catch me out in the sun in the summer. Fuck that shit. I don't want to work in eighty, ninety, whatever degree temperature it is." Hell it's no. getting hotter. Give me the winter. <laughs> Not going to be much of that anymore. I got to enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. Decades to come. Yeah. I'm excited because, like, after Trash Bin, um, I'm thinking that the rig will be going down and it's going to be, like, 35, 40 degrees outside. Trash Bin? Don't ask. It involves Frankie. And, okay. okay. Uh, he named the event. We're go it's the Waltz Trash Bin. So okay. I'm going right. to that. It's huh. going to be a good time. We're going to try and lose the Cherokee in the woods so I don't have to 302 swap it. Um, <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. And on that uh, note, anyone got anything else? No, I'd say we've done pretty damn well for, you know, just the Tree Amigos podcast. Yep. Oh, I got nothing. I think we covered all my shit. All right. Well, then in that case... Dude, just go out there and wheel. Like, it doesn't have to be fucking perfect. You're going to have a much better time if you're out there than if you're in the garage. And, like, enjoy the sport. Bring someone new out, help them throw their rig together, and keep it going.